Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame show. Cubs drop their second game in a row. They fall to one and three against the Philadelphia Phillies. And no chat, we're not DFAing Jamison Tyone today. Yes, he's been very disappointing this season. No, he was not stellar today. We're not DFAing Jamison Tyone. I don't want to see any chat about uh, Jamison Tyone tonight. Oh, but you will. But I don't want to see that. But you will. That's a big. uh, (laughs) You're asking something. I'm waiting. I haven't seen any yet. You're asking something that you're like now. Now that's all they're going to put in the chat because you said that. Tough loss for the Cubs tonight, five to one. Bats couldn't get going. Tyone got rocked. Still had about eight strikeouts, but again, uh, just a tough one for the Cubs coming back from London. Blame it on the jet lag. Blame it on the playing conditions tonight. It has been a struggle for Tyone all season long. Um, but tonight I feel like again it's just one of those where. Corey, I thought you said something really interesting there at the end. This team has really put all their eggs in the Stroman steel basket. And if they're not perfect or great atop the National League like they have been, this team's not winning games. And I think that that's an unfair ask, but it's also where they are at this point, given the fact that the other, the other side of the rotation hasn't always held up their end of the bargain, specifically Tyone. Yeah, I mean, Hendricks coming back and pitching the way that he has is certainly a nice surprise and really takes a lot off of those top two. But... It, it is just such a an unfortunate position that the team is in sometimes. Drew Smiley's been very good as well. But in general, it, it makes those rare times where Steele or Stroman aren't their best and they have an off night feel like kind of the end of the world because the team just can't afford it. And that's such a... a instead of enjoying how good those guys have been, we go to each of their starts and it's like, well, they better do it again because Mm -hmm. you can't, the rest of the rotation just has not been as reliable as they have with Tyone specifically. uh, He, he's had a lot of these starts where he's not terrible, right? Like it's, it's not like he's giving up eight runs and getting taken out. Uh, You know, this isn't like 2021 Arietta that we're seeing from Jamison Tyone, right? That was awful. Right. But, we were talking over as we were watching this game, like he just hasn't been good enough. Like that's the thing. And, and it's, it's easy for me and us to sit here and say that, you know, from these nice chairs and just snap our fingers, like just be better dude. Right. It's of course not that simple, but when you sign a guy to that big of a contract and you expect him to be the number three in your rotation, he has had far too many starts that feel like he has just sucked the life out of the game sometimes before the offense has even gone through the order one full time. And that, <laughs> that just, tonight. right. It, it just isn't, it's not good enough. That that's the, the long and short of it, right? It's a four year deal. As we've talked about, you need to get it right. Eventually, as far as the 2023 season is concerned, he just flat out has not been good enough. And, you know, tonight, like we were talking, like they get back from London they're maybe jet lag. They have the off day Monday and they are down a run immediately. Right. And one to nothing yeah, is not the end of in. the world, mm-hmm. of course, but it just feels like so many of Tyone's starts have gone a similar way where it's like first few innings. You just feel like, man, like if the offense isn't banging tonight, like this game's kind of over. Right. It, it just isn't good enough. Yeah. I thought, I don't think this is his worst start of the year or anything like that. Um, Obviously, Brandon Marsh just—he's like giving up the two home runs to Marsh is what just honestly what decided the game. I thought that you know he gave up the first two runs, which one of them was the solo shot by Marsh, 
And then for two innings, he went one, two, three, and I think in turn it was seven straight. He retired after he gave up the two runs. So I was thinking, okay, maybe he's settling in here. And then he comes out for the fifth, gives up three more runs, and it's just like you're back to square one with them. And so, like like you said, Corey, like, yeah, 2021 Jake Arrieta was awful. Um Tyler Chatwood, he had a massive walk problem his first year with the Cubs. He led the league in walk rate his first year with the Cubs in 2018. You Darvish had his struggles his first year with the Cubs, but managed to figure it out. He also was, throughout his career, before coming to the Cubs even, much better pitcher than Jamison Tyone. So I'm not, I don't necessarily want to use that as an excuse for Tyone. But what we've seen from Tyone in general it's just like you said. It's not good enough. He had a, he's had one quality start on the season, and even though there's been multiple starts where he's gone at least five innings, you've you he he leaves the game and you 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 sit you sit and watch it, wanting more because of what he's supposed to be for this team. And again, I understand that you know. First year of the contract, not like this is well known all across the league. Like guys don't always start their careers with like on a new team on, on in the best start. But it's almost July, bro. Yeah. It's almost July. Like I'm willing to ride it out in April, May. And if I have to go into June, fine. Like, cause I'm willing, I, me personally, I'm willing to do that, but it's almost July. And I feel like it's just, it's, it's not even really been a roller coaster. It's down, kind of up a little, down, down, down. Oh, the quality start up, but then, you know, five innings, five innings, two earned. Oh, the bullpen gives up all these runs that were charged to you. Like tonight, he gave up all the runs, and it just felt like you're back to square one to where you, in some of the starts you saw in April and May. Yeah. The, the injury didn't help either. Like, I don't, I, 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 I know the Cubs. You know, they brought him in because they thought that they can unlock some of that second overall pick potential. But we're at a point where I feel like he just needs to get back to doing what he was doing with the Yankees, man. I'm like, I don't want to think they were trying to do over these right. last few starts. And I don't want to take away any confidence that I have in the Cubs pitching infrastructure because, sure, yeah, has this year the pitch lab, quote unquote, been questionable like have fans had the right to question yes the keegan thompson has been awful brand hughes awful uh other guys well awful. hughes was hurt well hurt he, whatever. he was playing hurt but yeah, yes you're I, know right. what, I know what but you they've mean they've had they've had guys in the bullpen that have been disappointments yes but on the flip side justin Steele continues to be great uh Jer- julia merriweather great it's been awesome yeah wider jr there's great successes in they've had se- yeah. success due to the quote-unquote pitch lab but jameson tyon has to be the biggest disappointment in terms of what they are, what they brought him in to do, which was not only be a number three starter and a guy who can eat you innings, but they legitimately thought that they could unlock, make him better. Yeah. Make him better. That is the reason that I bet him to win the Cy Young yeah. because when I believe I, so much in that in the in the in the pitching infrastructure. I think when we did our pregame show uh, at Country Club, 
earlier in the year, like I had him, I was thinking he was going to be the best pitcher in this rotation. Yeah. Uh, and that is, is far from it. And like, just to keep going on your point, like I'm looking at his game log. The one thing too, we haven't gotten from him is we, we, we have not gotten a single start from him where it feels like he went out there and won you the game. Right. So not only do you have, yeah, even you have a lot of these games where you feel like, ah, he wasn't good enough or it was fine. It was four or five innings, you know, four, three, four, five runs. You know, it's not the worst thing. But he doesn't have a single game where you go, that was Jamison Tyone's night. He just won you this game. I'm looking at his game log. He has one start where he's gone six innings or more one. And it was six innings flat. Every other start is less than six innings. He also has one, two, three, four, five, six counting live on the air, six starts under five innings. Right. And of course that's David Ross's discretion. They're, they're Mm. different amounts of runs and things like that. But that just, I think speaks to the whole point is that not only is he, he's not going out there and winning you games, not all of these are blow ups and disasters where it's like one inning and, you know, he gives up nine runs, but there's just a lot of not good starts in, in this mix. And yeah. as you're talking, like whether this is the Cubs definitely tinkered here, right? We know that they, they tinkered, they tried to do some stuff, but as you're noting like there's going to be same with the hitters there's going to be positive examples to stuff like that there's going to be negative examples you you can take that or leave that the main point right is that at the end of the day he has to be better the team needs him to be better and they signed him you know they're paying him to be better and like I said you can't just snap your fingers but when you are a team that is constantly hovering around 500 you're looking to go on a run you're trying to compete in a three or four team race in a in a not very good division you need better than this like that's just the long and short of it I don't know how they get there and you know they got four years to figure this out I guess but as far as this season is concerned like a bunch of four and two-thirds starts giving up four or five runs is not going to cut it it's just not good enough and this offense isn't and we'll talk about the offense I know the chat like of course the offense did nothing tonight like it's not just Tyone it's a team loss but on the whole it, it's just not going to get it done. Yeah. And and it, and as we said, it, it puts so much pressure. Like, man, if Drew Smiley had not been pitching the way that he had been, if Kyle Hendricks had not come back, like, it, yeah. it, it's it's killing this team. Right. That, yeah. And I get it. Like, two batters into the game, the Phillies score one run, and you're coming off a bad loss. And so, like, you get that anxiety as a fan. Um and I'm sure in some aspect, maybe the players are kind of feeling, I doubt it, but I, I feel like there, in some aspect, there's some sort of, you know, frustration in that. Maybe they look at who's on the mound and they're like, oh, right. Jesus, we're already down one. But I, I personally will give Ranger Suarez a lot of, a lot of credit tonight. I thought he was great. Um, I, when they teed off on him in Philadelphia, I was surprised by it. Um, because he was pretty good for them in the postseason last year, I think he's a pretty solid left-handed pitcher. But yeah, real, like I thought Ranger Suarez. Real quick before we get to that, I just want one thing with Tyone. Putting things in perspective, you were looking at his game log. I'm looking at 12 games in, 12 starts in for the Cubs this year. 40 earned runs already. Total with the Yankees in 32 starts last year it was 77. 
<laughs> so, I mean, yeah. not even at the halfway mark right now. And yeah. I mean, the earned runs are way up. And you pointed out, I, you, you just want him to be a shell at this point of what he was with New York. And he, when, like, just he hasn't been there that way. And, and, yeah. and give the team a chance to win, right? There, There's one outing in there that's six runs or more, right? So there's one like true blow up outing uh, that was actually, coincidentally enough, the last time he faced the Phillies, right? Two and a third. Eight runs, six of them earned. That's a blow-up outing, right? The yes. rest of them, it's a bunch of threes and fours over three or four innings, right? Like, so again, it, it's not like this total train wreck, but that's that's nothing, right? That's 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 not. It's not even worth throwing him out there if that's what you're going to get every night. So, as we're seeing, we got a super chat uh, from Mariano talking about you know moving him to the bullpen. I, I don't Thank know. Thank you, Mariano. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's when you sign a guy, reliever. it's it, that's yeah. the thing. They did it's the like same when, thing with Tyler Chapman. When you sign a guy to this type of contract, like, it's rare that they are going to make such a move unless they feel it's going to be beneficial to him figuring out some of the things that they're trying to tweak. I would be surprised unless these starts start to get worse. Cause yeah. like even tonight that or if someone else like emerges, like sure. I was going to say, but like Ben Brown has, or, has or struggled in a, yeah. a few recent starts, like say smiley or Killian's gotten hurt. shots. So there's not yeah. like absent obvious answers, right? Like mm. I would be surprised if they did that unless it truly starts to get worse. We start yeah. seeing, like shorter like, starts. I, more the way more. I would see it is, say it's Hendricks or Smiley have to miss a start or two, and that gives Wesneski or Ben Brown a, an opportunity. They come in, they shove for both starts, and then Smiley or Hendricks comes back, whoever it is, and then you're left thinking, well, this guy's been shoving for us. What do we do with Tyone if he's struggling? That's the only way that I see them do actually do it, unless – like you said, if it gets later in the year, the team is in it, and they can't afford any more bad starts, they either move them to bullpen yeah. or do what they did to Chatwood in 2018 and just put them on the quote-unquote phantom IL. We talked about leashes in the pregame show, right? We've seen it with position players. They have a little bit more depth there, but they do have the depth in pitching in the minor leagues. We've seen it. They've swapped guys out. Assad was a starter a little bit last year. They were like, hey, put him in. He's looked great in his bullpen role this year. You, you have him. You have Ben Brown potentially. Wisniewski, how when we talked about leashes in the pregame and who some of these guys have a little bit longer, obviously some guys are going to be on the roster, some are going to get moved up and down with options. How many more starts does Tyone get like this one before it legitimately becomes a question that, hey, you know what, we're trying to win ball games right now. Let's put let's give Ben Brown a shot. Like if, let's give Wisniewski a if shot. If I were a betting man, it doesn't happen because there's there's too little runway between now and the trade deadline. And if they end up as sellers, they're gonna use the second half to get him right because you have him on a four year deal. If they That's are fair. into it, then I would assume he's not losing games or, you know, they're finding something out. Again, it, it's just it's it's a tough thing this early in such a big contract to pull something like that unless you really think, hey, if we move him to the bullpen or whatever. And I believe he can't be optioned unless he agreed to it. So it's not like other guys that yeah. you can just send them down whenever you want. I, I just don't see it. But I, yeah, I don't know. It, it it's It's one of those things where we're, very fortunate that Justin Seal and Marcus Stroman have been pitching the way that they are. And, you know, look, you look at the National League ranking, I think they're number one in the National League in starter ERA, even with these starts. So that's how they are, I think, going to look at this as well. Like, 
you got to get him right. If you can get him right and just get him throwing quality starts, right? Mm-hmm. Six innings, three runs every, you know, five days. I mean, you you take that to the to the moon. Just yeah. limiting the runs yeah. a little bit because it's five mm-hmm. earned this start, four when the it, last one, three, the, four, four, six. I mean, just limiting and some the real, of the damage. The real thing to figure out, and I, I'm not sure where this issue comes from. That's probably more a question for uh, Dr. Brendan Miller there, but he's getting killed by left-handed hitters, like murdered. absolutely murdered. Those numbers are terrible against left-handed hitters. So that is something that they're going to have to get figured out because left-handers are just feasting on Jamison Tyone yeah. right now. And I know you were talking during the game, like you watch those pitches that Brandon Marsh was hitting out, and it's like, yeah, I mean, these are just not these are not good pitches. pitches. Yeah, yeah, like these are bad pitches. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I, but, you know, I, I, I'm with the chat, too, like, um, and Mariano, another super chat. We appreciate that very much, Mariano. Um, stay within three games going to the Milwaukee series. Yeah, of course, like, it, that's, that's the key, right? This is a big stretch. This is just one game. So it's not how you want it to start. What we're all, like, talking about is, like, a huge stretch for this season. But one game, they'll go back out there tomorrow and, and try to figure it out. I do... I, I see it in the chat, right? Like, again, to reiterate, like, we're just, I think, starting talking about Tyone because he was a starting pitcher. He was mm-hmm. a big signing this offseason. Of course, one run and the performance from this offense against Suarez is not good enough, right? Like, that's a no-brainer. And we, there's there's a few guys that I think we need to talk about on this Certainly. podcast. But, like, yeah, of course. Like, n- most losses are not laid at the feet of one person, right? And, and here's the thing with Tyone, too. I mean... Season high eight strikeouts tonight and a ton of swing and miss during that stretch where he retired seven Mm -hmm. guys. So it wasn't like it was just a complete implosion, bad outing. You're right. It just wasn't good enough. I think that I think that's the synopsis of what we've come up with. It has to be more competitive when you're coming back from a road trip. You've got to give your offense a little bit of a chance to catch up. And he didn't tonight. But five runs is not insurmountable either. So, again, you can't pin. I blame more of tonight on the offense. If we're, if we're really putting it, five runs is not insurmountable. You should be able to, with the way this team's been scoring runs. When I think you pointed it out, too, it just wasn't a good, it wasn't a particularly competitive offensive effort tonight. Just a lot of staring at <laughs> strikes. Uh, they went down on called strikes far too much just, for my liking. And look, so like, annoying. I mean, we wondered, right? Like, would they be jet-lagged? Would they be kind of in a weird space coming back from London and like look the schedule is the schedule right like you you can complain about that all you want but like that's what it was they they wrote that a long time ago like you knew it was going to be the case um but yeah just not not a very competitive effort from the offense tonight um they had that one little rally late in the game but that was kind of buoyed by a couple of soft contact balls finding grass and you know Otherwise, it was not a particularly exciting effort. Uh, the Dansby hit the ball hard tonight. a couple times. The top six in the lineup went two for 22. Yeah, how many strikeouts in there, too? Probably a ton. I mean, One, Hap two, had a couple, Morrell had a couple. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. it's not just good. unacceptable. And you're right. Our guy Jared Willis pointed this out on Twitter. Just a ton of guys going down looking. And I get that the zone there, he was calling them low tonight. A couple of them early on really did hit the bottom of the zone. It was just minuscule, but there's still strikes. We saw Jan Gomes look at strike three. We saw Morel look at a called strike three. There's right down the middle of the plate. I mean, the at-bats simply were not competitive tonight in many of the facets. And this is a guy in Suarez who they hit the last time they they faced him. So I, I was a lot more 
hopeful uh, for this offense tonight. But yeah, I mean, look, you got to... You got a few guys going through it. Seiya is in a, an awful funk right now. Um, you know, Bellinger, I thought the, the batted balls looked better tonight. He had two hits tonight, but obviously he's coming into the game in a, a pretty bad stretch as far as the numbers go. Ross is obsessed with playing Trey Mancini, which I, if you guys want me to go on a 25-minute rant about how mad that makes me, I certainly can. He did it the entire um, time we were on the couch watching but, the game. But, you know, yeah, like, look, and, and again, I Brendan and I talked about this on Sunday, and we've talked about this a lot. Like, David Ross is moving guys around, right? We see Saya up to the two slot. You've got Bellinger all the way down in the seven slot in the lineup. Dansby's moved around a bunch tonight, uh, hitting in the five spot, like, Ross is is trying stuff, man, but they they just aren't able to find a consistent rhythm with this offense night in, night out that I think gives you confidence that they're going to be able to score enough runs to win each game. You know how I don't really complain a lot about the lineup. I will say this, like, sometimes it does feel like they play the matchups, like, too much. Like, for instance, I understand Mike Talkman is better against righties. But you know what he's – all he's done since he's been here is work great at bats and get on base – he leads a team in on-base percentage, or he's at least right up there with Ian Happ, right? Like, and they the offense was playing well with him leading off, right? So, like, again, I I understand why he wasn't in the lineup tonight. It was because they were facing a lefty, but he's playing well. Why why not play him? You know, especially coming off the off day and in the quote unquote like the the travel back from London. I feel like that's, like, forget the, the analytics or whatever when it comes to that. Like, I, it's like they, again, they, they play the matchups too much sometimes. I agree with you. I think it's one of Ross's, I, I, I think. And I'm some, again, I'm someone who, like, I don't really complain about the lineup tonight. Yeah. I didn't complain about Mancini being in there. Like, he had a two-run double on Sunday in London. I thought he was swinging. Like, in his one at bat, he was swinging it well, and he would have stayed in the game if he didn't have that awful error. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've thought that in recent games, the offense for him had been f- okay. But yeah, tonight, three strikeouts. <laughs> like, and a lot of them were looking, too. It's just I, he, he did not see it well tonight. And, you know, Ian Happ, two, hitting the two double plays, had a strikeout as well. He's not been as great from the right side of the plate this year as he has the the left. Why is he batting third? Um, you mentioned Say Suzuki. Yeah, he's really struggled in the month of June. Why is he batting second? I get it right. that, you know, he's a, he has a good play approach. He can work some walks, puts the ball in play. Like, I understand why he's in batting second, but he's not playing well yeah. right now. I don't think he looks good either. I, no, I And it, I was texting Brendan about this. Brendan is more obsessed with hands and feet and like watching this stuff he, he they, they've david ross has alluded to suzuki dealing with something kind of mm-hmm. repeatedly over the last couple of weeks and like they won't they won't talk mm-hmm. about it nobody will talk about it but like he doesn't look right and we're really only a couple weeks removed i think say it was at like a 125 wrc plus he had had a nice stretch and like looked really good May, he was and it has good. just it has torpedoed i mean he is right yeah. now at a 102 wrc plus so he's two percent above league average i yeah. mean he is close to being a below league average hitter somehow right which a month ago i would have said was crazy yeah so i i i don't know i mean i we we have a bunch of individual things we can get into but 
overall, yeah, I, I think we had a, a super chat that we got that, you know, I think summed it up. Um, yeah. The offense is too inconsistent to win consistently. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, like, it, it it's, yeah. We that's, had a couple comments well in there asking what would our particular lineup look like? And I don't, again, I'm with you, Cody. There's a few things that will make me gripe about lineups. I don't like when Bellinger bats low. I know in pregame I might be contradicting myself. I like the way the lineup looked tonight. Mastroboni leading off, things like that. Yes. I think when... (laughs) You laugh, but that's that's the type of stuff... No, that's the type of stuff that does matter. I don't care how they arrange Suzuki and Swanson and whatever. Mm, But when you're putting guys that have a 400 OPS at the top of the lineup, that's what I get mad about. When he's not in the leadoff role, like he had his night off tonight, I think batting Nico Swanson 1-2, again, not saying it would have made a difference. They just... They, none of those guys hit. Dansby hit the ball really hard every time, but they're all flyouts. It's not like it would have made a huge difference. But yeah. I think when Talkman's out and you don't have another you know, guy at the top of the bat who's always on, I like Nico Dansby back-to-back. Maybe move Hap down to that five hole a little bit more when he's in the right hand. We know he swings better from the left side. Little things like that. But, again, I don't think that a, the lineup is the last thing we should be talking about tonight. It, it was Tyone. It was Mancini striking out a bunch, looking at strike three on his last at bat. Things like that. He's it, seen a lot of that in the chat today. He's just it almost seems to suck the life out of the rest of the offense when you know that it's a guaranteed out. And yeah. I think that, well, that that's that sucks, you know. Morrell had three strikeouts too. And Yep. Looking and, and Ian Happ had two ground ball double plays. There was a inning what, the first bottom of the first inning, uh Suzuki reached on an air and then the inning ended on yeah. a half before double play. I got back from the microwave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then this almost I, basically the same thing happened the next time half was up. Suzuki uh, I can't I think well he didn't walk because he didn't walk I, maybe I'm thinking of two other players um, but they got a guy on to start an inning or no it was with one out and it and then they it just the, the double play killed him again like so yeah half hit in the two double plays tonight yeah it's just like it's it's one game I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm worried no. I wouldn't say that I'm you know, I don't. Do I think the Cubs are going to start trending back to ten under again? No, I don't think that. Again, it's one game. This is the most one of the most important stretches of the year right now. But yeah, the effort tonight is disappointing based off coming off the loss in London, and you had an off day, and you have this big series against a good team that's in front of you in the wild card race. And what I like for, to me is like every all these games up until the uh, going into the All Star break they matter and absolutely. like oh they they, totally, they got it yeah. they, if they're gonna if they're gonna lose like they have to at least give a better effort than this and they just it, the the best effort tonight it, overall was probably the bullpen and that and that's that's it and we we discussed this a little bit but like the vibes were so good when after that game on Saturday right we're all sharing that gif of Justin Steele coming off the mound pumped up as hell the vibes were so good they're up four to nothing Mm -hmm. like it it just yeah i i saw people joking that like things really shifted on that mancini error in london right that game goes to shit and now here we are like obviously it's it's not that simple like uh you know especially tonight but it it just is such a drastic shift from where we were after that game on Saturday. And I think to your point, yeah, like every game here matters. Like this is, it, it's always easy to compare things to 
2016, not just because the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, but oh, did they? Yes, uh, the Chicago Cubs. They won the World Series. They they did win the World Series. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's easy to compare it because that season was so specific in a lot of ways, right? Like, if we were doing a podcast in that season, coming on and complaining about a loss like this in the way not complaining, discussing a loss like this in the way they are, we are would be crazy, right? Because that team was so good. They were in first by 15 games for most of the season. Mm. So discussing things like that, like most of those post games, if we were doing it at the time after a loss like this would have been like, okay, whatever, you know, they're going to win 105 games. Who cares that, you know, this guy was bad tonight, whatever it's, you know, throw it in the garbage, go tomorrow. This every game matters. And you're going to be in a situation. I promise you, whoever wins this division, whoever loses this division, you are going to be able to look back and go, boy, if we hadn't lost this game, we we hadn't lost this game, like we'd be right in this. Like that's just how this NL central division is going to be decided. And yeah, that's, that's just how it is. This is the, this is the like, this is the year where the the team is supposed to at least be, make progress in what they called a a rebuild that's not a rebuild. Um, this is this year is supposed to be one where we as fans are probably we're going to go through the ups and downs, an absolute roller coaster that's going to make us. We all already cute. have. We're on it right yeah. now. Yeah, we're, we're like we're yeah, like no, we're, we're living it. We're man. at the top going down, and we're waiting to see if we're going to go back up again right now, right? And so like. Yeah, I there's the doctor. That is like I'm I I I'm not I'm not upset with where they're at right now comparatively to like 3 weeks ago, right? But again, I just just the, the dis- disappointing effort tonight considering what this stretch means moving forward. So I'm I'm disappointed because of the effort. I'm disappointed because Tyone is not getting it just it's not even like two steps forward, two steps back. It's just like, ah, five and two thirds. Okay. Maybe he can build off that Four next. Four or five and runs, eight yeah, hits. It's just like, six, seven, yeah. we're oh, just I get it. like one quality start. That's it, man. And it will come. I think, I think <laughs> I, saw, I saw somebody in the chat, like asking about Tyone, if he pitches on a Sunday, like, <laughs> well, no, we, we, need, we need him on a, we need him on a Friday. We watched him pitch on a Sunday against Baltimore and they lost. Yeah. That they game. were wondering if the, maybe they would cancel each other out, but no, uh, we need yeah. Tyone on a Friday one twenty game where the Cubs yeah. don't seem to lose those games. So and we, we do have another super chat from Fernando. Appreciate that. Fernando MLB insisted the Cubs play in smog when they should have postponed the game should give them minimal test time after London ump couldn't see a strike I mean it well, was on the MLB that we played the game it wasn't on the Cubs we and yeah. we talked about that in pregame Chicago was home to the world's the world's worst air quality today and they had canceled games a couple weeks ago for wow. the same reason I, I know that the air index was worse on the east coast but again it seems like and I'm not making excuses for the Cubs losing the game tonight because they agreed to play their player well, personnel. And Brandon like, Marsh was hitting in the same air, folks. Yeah, yeah. So. That, that's not the excuse here. Marsh I'm, was in the smog. <laughs> maybe the beard helps him Get filter it. some the, of it this out. Was more, I, I this was more that was of a, a swamp joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. I'll shut up now. The, the, my... my, um, my my gripe with this is isn't geared towards the Cubs losing this game. It's more so the fact that MLB 
continues to just kind of double back on things that standards that they set for themselves. I mean, you canceled other games for having extremely unhealthy air qualities. Like, I don't know why. And this is more of me just speaking for a player safety and fan safety perspective. I don't know why the game was played tonight. If I'm being honest, I'm not, this isn't me saying this is the reason the Cubs lost. They played a bad game. They lost. It's over and done with, but I don't know. I really don't know why they played tonight. And maybe, maybe that's just me, but I, I thought that it should have been postponed on a safety level. Well, it they probably got through the game pretty well, Kevin, because they could have Goose Island at beautiful historic Wrigley Field, at least from a fan perspective. I'm sure they had a few, Cody. Tastes right. good in clean air, Absolutely. dirty air, doesn't matter. Yeah, CHGO, we're supported by Goose Island Beer Company, if you didn't know. Chicago's beer since 1988. They got the Goose uh, IPA, which is a six-time medal winner at the Great American Beer Fest. Always in style, citrus aroma, Bold hop finish. The Tropical Beer Hug, that's one of my favorites, 9.9%. Um, it's dangerously easy to drink. Um, it's very good. 312, classic. Um, and then the one of my favorites, the Full Pocket Pilsner. It's an everyday beer. What the brewers are drinking, not the, the baseball team, their brewers. So uh, They lost tonight, too. They got the uh, – oh, they did lose. Good. Um, <laughs> NA, the Blackhawks NHL draft. Um but they're 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 in Nashville right now. They're gonna they're having an event tomorrow. Yeah. NHL draft is tomorrow. Yeah. Connor Bedard's coming home tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, that's some of the events we have coming up. So if you're down in Nashville, go check them out. Um, so grab the Ultra Fresh Brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. You guys like AG1, don't you? Oh, I drink it every day, Kevin. So when I started here, I didn't know what AG1 was, but I wanted better gut health. And I talked to my, my buddy Luke Stuckmeyer, who I'm in for today. Luke is all good, everybody. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. I started drinking it along with Luke, and we shared our journeys together. I said, hey, I'm taking it every morning. I'm having it with my breakfast. It's been a good daily habit for me. I've all noticed right away just an overall feeling of just more energy, better gut health, better immune system. I haven't gotten sick as much. The smoke going on today. Notice myself not sneezing a whole lot, haven't had a ton of allergies. I don't know if that all relates, but AG1's been a big part of my beneficial diet every day. It's a, it replaced my multivitamin, my probiotic, and it's more, uh, it's a, in a simple drinkable habit, doing it once a day, every morning. Science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, whole forced superfoods, and other nutrients. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplemental category. AG1 helps build your health foundation first. And I can uh, confirm to you guys, it's really helped me just get in a better mood. I've been working for 12 hours today. I was on the air at WGN for about eight hours today, and I came over here, and I got to do socks post tonight. But I had my AG1. I'm good to go. Got all the energy in the world. I'm going to have it again in a couple of hours here when I'm up for the morning shift once again. Kevin he, Wells, the company man. When he came in, I was like, Kevin, you're glowing. And he said, it's the AG1. Yeah. 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 That's why yeah. Luke looks way younger than what his age is. Right. Or it was in contrast to the smoke outside Luke is actually 75 can you guys believe that <laughs> someone clip that and send it to him okay <laughs> anyway back to the Cubs offense anyway I want to really quick talk about Ranger Suarez because I I was talking to Cody quickly about he's had 
a very nice couple years here in Philadelphia as a reliever, as a starter. Cody brought up his postseason stuff last year. He was very successful. Mm-hmm. His last six games, 40 innings pitched, 29 hits, only six earned runs, 37 strikeouts compared to 10 walks. He's been great, and I think that we need to talk a little bit more about that because his stuff doesn't necessarily pop off the page as earth-shattering, you know, winning stuff, but what's working for him is working for him, and it's working really well. He's been one of the most underrated pitchers in all of baseball this season. Yeah, his June's been great, um, like you said. Um, we teed off, the, or the Cubs teed off in, in, in May, his May wasn't very good this year. When the Cubs faced him, it was only his second start of the year. Gave up like four or five earned runs. Uh, but yeah, in June, he's been really good. And um, the Phillies in general have just been playing really good baseball. The, the Cubs are getting them at the wrong time right now. And it's honest. so weird because Harper's not hitting home runs. Trey Turner struck out a couple times at least. Two tonight. times, maybe three. I can't two. remember. It's either yeah. two or three times tonight. Yeah. Schwarber's batting under 200, mm-hmm. but they're still getting the contributions from certain guys down the lineup. They yeah. don't have Reese Hoskins. Mm-hmm. They're a good team, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like that's the, the, the other thing with this, too, is that, you know, the discussion about Tyone and the offense in particular, I hope doesn't make it seem like it's easy, you know, to beat this Phillies team. Like, the Phillies team is in a playoff race the same as the Cubs are, and obviously they went to the World Series last year. They're a, a talent-filled team. Um, but, you know, again, as we're saying, like, this is an important stretch. And if you're going to compete in this division, you're going to have to find a way to scratch and claw some wins. Right. Uh, and, you know, again, it does relate a little bit back to Sunday, which feels like a game you gave away. So then you come in here and like, you just kind of lay an egg here on, on the pitching and offensive side. And it's, it's frustrating, but yeah, you're going to have to go back out there tomorrow. I, th- I think the Cubs are going to have to figure out, uh, what to do in some of these situations, right? I, I know there was a comment earlier in the chat um, talking about Jared Young and why he didn't pinch hit at the end of that game. And boy, when I tell you, was I heated about that watching that live? I, I, I didn't get it, right? You brought up a guy who only, not only, but mashes righties, right? Primarily, he's going to be in there against righties, Jared Young. You have Kimbrell, a righty. Right. Trey Mancini, another wasted evening at the plate. Right. He's staring at strikes. He's grounding out to short. Same thing he does every night. Right. That last strikeout was a tough, Uh, just a waste of time. And Jared Young doesn't get that opportunity. Now, again, they probably still don't win the game. Maybe Jared Young strikes out just the same. But there's just stuff that like. For for there's a lot of stuff where I go, you know what? I give David Ross credit for that. I give him credit for the way he's managed things, the way that he's, I think, helped certain guys succeed and get comfortable and stuff like that. He's he's dealt with a mess of a bullpen that he has managed to figure out where guys belong and kind of massage that in a really nice way, the best he can. Uh, but like, I, there's just some things I I I do not get, and Trey Mancini continuing to not only play, but hitting against righties I, I, late in the game. I, I just, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. And, and again, it's, it's the same thing as Tyone, right? Like where this team is at and every game is never going to be laid on one single person, but there's only so many things we can address on this team, right? Say needs to figure it out. He needs to get going, but he's going to be out there. 
right? Maybe they drop him down in the order. Maybe they give him a day off if he's dealing with some kind of ailment. But, like, he's going to play. He's going to be your right fielder. Right, at least Danzy, the least the defense is there. Yeah, right? Danzy, he made a really nice play. Yeah, early on he in looks the game. better out Double. there this year. Dansby's going to be at short. Nico's going to be at second. You know what I mean? Hap's going to be in left field. There's just certain things that like they need to fix, address, maybe move down in the order, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not going to stop playing these guys. Right, so we can get under the hood and try to figure out what's been going on with Seiya for the last month or so. But he's going to play. Right, Trey Mancini doesn't need to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh. I, it, there, there's just certain things where it's like, I don't understand why they run some of these guys out there every single day. Yeah. And it's it's far from the biggest issue on this team, yeah. right? But at this point, I just don't understand, like, what else Mancini has to do for somebody in this organization to say, boy, this guy really doesn't look like a Major League Baseball player. Yeah. He, he's, he doesn't run well. He looks awful on defense. He doesn't he have a good arm. terrible at the plate. Like, he he just had like a, anything good on defense. He had defense, like a man. two-week <laughs> stretch where he was hitting the ball well. And it's like, congratulations. Yeah, they, they tried to hide right? him out like, in left I, field. I, I, <laughs> yeah, they, they tried to hide him out in left field and give Happ a day off a couple weeks ago. We all know how that went. The error in St. Louis on Sunday. And this isn't to rag on Mancini. I, I'm really, I'm really trying... Like, I don't want to just bury him completely. I'm game. <laughs> but the way he has been playing, I mean, well below league average hitter right now. He's not slugging. He's not on base. He's chasing. He can't run. He's making critical errors. I think that at some point here, you got to recognize... Two-year deal. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I, I think... This this will have to be seven mil. There, there's no doubt they're looking at it, but he has to be. I think it's going to have to shift more to a bench role here coming up. Well, I, he's basically he basically has been playing a bench role. The yeah, reason that he's out there, yeah, because they faced lefties the last two days. They faced Jordan or no, it wasn't right. Jordan Montgomery on Sunday, was it? No, it was uh, no Matthew uh, Libertor, Libertor, Libertor on Sunday, Libertor. and then today was a lefty. He's never going to be in there against righties. I I I agree. Like. What you guys are saying, yes, he's been bad. I said in pregame that if they're going to play him, you, you can only play him against lefties in DH role. And he just, I mean, three strikeouts tonight? Like, yeah, you, like he didn't improve his chances to get any more playing time. That's for, for dang sure. Who else are you going to play in the DH role against uh, lefties? Could have gone with Amaya. I'm not against it. Um that you know, wisdom, be wisdom is still on the injured list, like when he comes back. But wisdom's also struggled since April ended. Like they don't have a lot of options yeah. against lefties in the DH role unless it's Morell. But again, when lefty with this, and they've been doing this consistently. When lefties are pitching, they don't play Talkman in center. They don't play him at mm-hmm. all, and so then they put Morell in center. Well, so but I think that does go to your point sometimes about. Matchups. leaning into handedness too much where yeah. it's like mm, yes. bro like so I, Trey Mancini should never be out there if it were up to me like I let Talkman hit against whoever he's been yeah. hot let him play if he comes back down to earth so what you know right no and and, and that's what I'm saying like yeah I'm just explaining why you guys probably are like why is he out there so much this is why because they play the the matchup game way too much in some in some aspects with certain players when otherwise they're like, oh, it's Ian Happ, oh, it's Nico Horner, oh, it's Dansby Swanson, oh, it's Seiya Suzuki. They're gonna all those guys are gonna be in the lineup in the day in every day as they should. 
even though Saya has struggled the most out of all those guys I just mentioned, he's going to be in the lineup every day because his defense in right field is at least above average. Above average, and he's got a great arm. And smart. And you're paying him eighty five million dollars well, so over the next five years to be like yeah. a, a a mainstay in the middle of your lineup. I yeah we, we that one they got to figure out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. In the month of June, Saya has a thirty-four WRC plus. That is Tucker yeah. Barnhart level. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, Miles that Mastroboni level. People also pointing is, out in the chat that Barnhart has two more years on his contract too. Mancini, yeah. So, I, two years. Two. I don't know. Contract. Jed made some good moves. He made some really terrible moves. A couple of those older veterans. It's going to be throwing money just yeah. straight in the toilet. I mean, he. Yeah. He could have. He could have let Tom keep that money for as much as I want to take the money from Tom. He, yeah, is just throwing that. But the say a thing is is something to uh, diagnose. I, I don't have the answer for you, or I would have told you straight away. But uh, he is in a really rough stretch. And like I said, a couple of those at bats tonight, he just doesn't look right. Like the something just looks off. And as we've discussed a lot, he say is not the only one who falls into this category prior to Saturday in London. I think Hap falls into this category. Dansby falls into this category. You don't have a team of like true sluggers, right? Like, I don't think you have anybody on this team unless Cody Bellinger is like fully, fully back and healthy, which he hadn't in, been right. In wisdom. Cause he's so boom. Right. Bust. Like you don't have like a, 35 40 homer guy that's that's fine right it's not ideal but it's it is what it is but these guys are hitting even below that I mean you are just not getting slug and this team needs slug from one or more of say a Hap and Swanson on a more consistent basis because Morell has the most homers out, on the team right now outside of Christopher Morell, mm -hmm. who you can't like look at and rely on for that right like you can't rely on Christopher Morell to have a 950 OPS for the entire season, right? It's a it's a hell of a run he was on, but like it's their most glaring need. We yeah. we talked about that before we got on the air, and we were just chatting about you know because Tom said over in he said over in London, we're hey, buyers. the way we're playing right now, we're yeah. buyers. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're buyers, slugging has got to be top of line. I mean, you got to. I don't know what kind of teams are going to be selling. I don't know what kind of players are going to be available. That's all going to become clearer over the next two weeks here. But that is their most glaring issue right now. They they lose that game to the Cardinals seven to five. You you get one guy up there just to knock a ball over the fence changes the game instantly. Yeah. I mean, just having because you're right. You have too many of these guys who are in that fifteen to twenty home run category. And I when a few of those they might not get there. Like right. that's the thing too. Like a few yeah. of those guys. Like I'm not sure that they're going to get to fifteen or twenty. I mean, you got you think Swanson will probably give you around twenty. Hap will give you around twenty. Say um. I mean, at this rate, we don't know, but you hope he gives you around that 15 to 20. You need a guy that gets you 30 plus. Yeah. You just need the out homer. Are you guys not season. counting Otani's home runs to the Cubs yet? I mean, because he's going to be on the Cubs, right? Oh. Don't even get you're my not, hopes not up. Not yet, that. just because we All can't right. retroactively Fine. apply. I wish. Okay. You know, like, right. so I'll count him, we can't you, add it to like one. this okay. game. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think... Whatever is say it, it's a weird spot because I like I'm inclined to believe whatever say is dealing with whatever this mystery ailment is. Obviously, he started the season coming back from an oblique injury, which is a difficult injury to have. It has derailed plenty of seasons. Go back and watch the Cubs tenure with Cole Hamels, right? And yeah. like see how difficult that is to deal with. But they've been talking about something, right? I, I 
I don't want to speculate, especially when it's like related to injury stuff. But like, I think he's, de- I, I think that's what the problem is because prior to that, like in the month of May, he had a 164 WRC plus. And like I said, his, he, he had recently, I think a couple weeks ago, reached his first full 162 in the majors. And it was like a 125 WRC plus, not as much power as you would want for him over a 162 game pace. But the overall production, really solid, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at a guy you're going to put out there every day in right field, it was really solid. And since then, it has just been absolutely in the tank. I don't know what it is. I don't really want to speculate, but I, I don't think this is reflective of the player that he is. And, but that begs the question, and this is how, when I said that to Dr. Brendan Miller earlier this evening on text message, his response was, why is he playing and hitting second then? And I don't have a good answer for that. And he's in the chat here. He's going to start yelling at me. I I don't have a good answer for that. It's a, it's a good point. And and that was to your point, like with moving guys around in the lineup, I give Ross credit for trying to figure stuff out, but like, he looks terrible. Like baby don't hit him second. Right. Like that, that goes to your point. Like, you don't have to believe that Talkman or certain guys are your answer for every day until the end of, you know, September when this season ends or October or whatever. But like some guys are playing well right now. They're hot. Well, like let, let them let to before we go, we have to do an ad here, but just let me say this. Like it. the Cubs have been super like cautious with, you know, with Justin Steele when he had the forearm thing, uh, say it with the oblique thing. Um, you know, other guys that have gotten hurt. They have guys in Iowa. You telling me that for a cut, like if 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 you're telling if if this whole thing with Saya this month is injury injury related, you tell me that you can't put Talkman in right, mm-hmm. and then I don't know some like you can play Morell in center, and then maybe you know call up call up Velasquez and let him DH or. Perlaza has been pretty good down there, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know where anyone could play. All I'm saying is, is that no, they I, have it, guys. It's, it's fair point. Yeah, and, I and agree. They, and and yeah. they and they have let they've they've been very cautious, but was for some reason this time around with say the second whatever the second injury, and they is, won't say what it yeah, is. Like it's been that bad. So I see Ryan Herrera oh, yeah. has joined us. So I'm going to tell him about how the Comet Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now into the future. Corey. Yeah. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Ooh, how's it work, Corey? Let me tell you, Cody. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. 
Did you say comed.com slash powering biz, Corey? Yes. Schedule it today, Cody. And I want to talk to you about one of our favorite sponsors. That is Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. I left my Shady Rays at my apartment when I came to the studio today. And boy, the sun, the what are we calling it? Smog, smog. in Chicago today. The air quality. Oh, I straight up smoke. I desperately <laughs> wish that I had my Shady Rays today. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that is not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you break them, watching Jameson Tyone, pitch for the Chicago Cubs Shady Rays will replace them wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back at long after your purchase together with their customers Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays impact from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come if you don't love your Shady Rays exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for CHGO listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And before our guy Ryan Herrera joins us, I want to enter, uh, talk about one more thing. Uh, do you guys, I, I have a man cave at home, my room, little nice alcove spot in my room that I like to put stuff up on the wall. I like my little bobbleheads and things like that. And gotten a few of them from FOCO. Any good ones that you guys got? I'm waiting on my Trey Mancini bobblehead. I was going to uh, say. I'm still waiting for the mass swarmer <laughs> one. <laughs> the swarm dog. The swarm dog. The swarm dog. We got the Wisniewski one hanging right in front of us. Foco. The Clark Cacub. A lot of great thing. stuff. A lot of great sports memorabilia that you can buy online on their website. By just using the code CHGO, you can get all non-presale items. You can get fitted out in sports gear as well. It doesn't just have to be bobbleheads or memorabilia. You got hoodies. You got the shoes. You got signs. You got bobbleheads. Everything in between. It's spring and baseball season. Our guy Ryan's joining us. They got the Aloha shirts. They got the straw hats, the polos, bags, everything you need for a game. You need some new summer fits going to the beach. There's plenty of outfits that they have for you. You can get fitted out like tomorrow. Again, the best sports gear around. You can even get more decorations, even more than just the bobbleheads. Go check it all out. There's so much on there. Check out foco.com. Click the link in the description below on YouTube for all non-presale items. Again, use that promo code CHGO, you get an awesome 10% off by using CHGO on FOCO.com. Our guy Ryan Herrera, is he ready to join us here, Braggs? He might be. He might be. Uh, All right, we'll get him in a second we're getting, here. We're efforting it. I, I saw a couple people in the chat kind of, again, talking about moving Saya down in the lineup and how Ross has been talking about Saya struggling and maybe he's struggling mentally. And body language on certain hitters is easier to read than others. And, again, it's not something oftentimes a fan will 
pay attention to. They'll more just be frustrated that they see a strikeout. But Cody pointed it out on his final strikeout tonight. You just saw him kind of shake his hand, walk away frustrated. He's feeling it too. And hitting is such a mental game. Anybody who's played the game of baseball, anybody who's played softball, anybody who's played a sport in general, a lot of this is mental. Hitting is such a mental thing. If you're in a funk and you're not seeing the ball fly off the bat, I mean, that is, that's, that's a big time, like, you know, it's a big time blunder in your own head. You're like, God, I'm really letting the team down. And Seiya seems like that type of guy where he's almost wearing it a little bit too much. And I don't know. And as a manager, that's where Ross's role really becomes big is yeah. how do you talk a guy well, and, out of that? And I think Seiya is one of those guys too, who were accustomed to, you know, even in his peaks and valleys, he's got a really good understanding of the strike zone and and his own plate discipline and there there was the strikeout tonight it just doesn't look good um so I think it's just something that they're gonna have to figure out I mean like I said uh they seem intent on keeping him out there and having him play through whatever this is mm-hmm. uh but yeah I mean you have to it's 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 creating problems for the offense on the whole. And again, he's not the only guy going through that. Hap had a really good weekend in London and has been on a, a real heater, but before that was struggling too. Obviously, again, Cody Bellinger too, it's tonight. But prior to going on the AL and immediately after coming back, really not good. So yeah. our guy is Ryan is. is here. Got through those. Hi, Ryan. A little bit of a technical difficulty there. No issues, though. The Bragg's difficulties. Uh, Bragg's <laughs> difficulties. Speaking of Bragg's, Ryan, the most important question of the night, are you going to Bragg's party this weekend? <laughs> uh, I wasn't even invited. Whoa. Oh, Awkward. Oh. Okay. You've now been invited. Well, Just check out the CHGO Bears Twitter. They got, a, they got an invite online to Bragg sitting in his new driveway. Ryan, my question for you is, obviously, we've uh, been going through it in the you know first portion of this podcast here. But is it weird for you to come into a podcast where you assume that we've been kind of complaining about stuff when you're riding a high on a two for three night for Nick Madrigal? <laughs> yeah, like, I, what is there to complain about this game after after a <laughs> oh night? My like, God. <laughs> um, no, but I, I I was able to hear part of it and um, you know understand like the offense was bad today and maybe give you give a little bit of leeway for the the whole London trip and the the travel and like stuff that we talked about last week going into it like that is coming at a weird time and. Obviously, you, you, the time changes, the con, the long flights, all that stuff affects it. And then you have the smoke from Canada wildfires. Just like I couldn't even tell when the sun went down. It was just the exact same sky for hours. So there, I think stuff like that plays a factor. Were you, huh? were you surprised, surprised that they played tonight? Yeah, honestly, I was. I stood on the, I stood on the field for a little while um, pregame. We all did. Um, they all came upstairs. Like you, you could feel it. You could feel it, like kind of filling up your, you know, your nose and and kind of taste it in your throat. And like I, you know, I had a headache when I came upstairs from just being out there for a while. Like, yeah, I'm surprised they played it. And it's something that we, you know, we talked to Ian Happ uh, after the game, and you know, comes player rep or players union rep, and you know, involved or at least consulted in some of those discussions that MLB and the MLBPA were having all all day about it and you know there's one of the things he mentioned is that there's no like baseline of like okay that you know air quality index hits this number you can't play anymore like there's 
it's like a fluid type thing. So like, I don't know, the Yankees and White Sox got postponed. I don't know what that was at. I think it might have been higher than what the Cubs reached. It was the Phillies, higher. I think. Yeah, I want to say the Phillies had a game postponed. I don't know what that would have, what that air quality index was at, but it's like, yeah, it was one of those things where it was. There's no, there's no number that tells you whether the game should or shouldn't be played. Um, again, yeah, for me, standing out there for an hour, maybe you know, maybe about an hour, um, and feeling the effects. Like I couldn't, you know, being a player on the field or a fan in the stands, like it, it wasn't. It wasn't comfortable. It was uncomfortable for sure. It was an uncomfortable feeling. So I was a little surprised to see it get played. MLB obviously ruled that it was the the conditions were safe with the experts they consulted and the players union, obviously, or players association. Um, They they decided that it was good. It was safe enough to play. They did. They got all nine innings in. Um, But yeah, to answer your question, I was. I was still kind of under the impression that there was definitely a chance this game would not be played today. Ryan, uh, probably want to talk about Tyone or, you know, hear if any of there was talk on Tyone, but because we were just talking about it, I'm curious if there's been any discussion about the stretch that Say is in. I know that Ross has alluded a few times to him kind of like dealing with stuff, but they don't really want to get into those specifics, but he's obviously in a really rough stretch here uh, I know you know he moves up to the two hole tonight I'm just curious even if not tonight just lately any thoughts on the the kind of funk that he's in and and ways for David Ross to get him out of it yeah nothing specifically for say tonight um but I, I I get what you mean I mean I'm just kind of quickly looking up and it looks like his last 30 games he's hitting 212 you know his last 15 he's at 217 um yeah there I, I there was that like mystery <laughs> ailment that ha- he had a few weeks back that we still don't really know what was going on. Um, and I think one of the, the main things is like, you know, part of that is it's just baseball and guys go through ups and downs like that. I heard you guys talk about, you know, Hap and, and Bellinger, um, you know, those two guys, you know, so Hap, right? Hap had his like multiple week stretch where he was struggling and now he's had, a pretty good last couple of weeks. I mean, he didn't have a great team, great game today, but he had a pretty good last couple of weeks. Um, so it, it could, you know, sometimes that happens in baseball. You have those long, elongated stretches of slumping or, or poor production, and then you kind of flip a switch real quick. You, you kind of you know, the timing's right or whatever it is. Um, yeah, for for Sia specifically, it's a lot. A lot of what they talk about is kind of con- him continue. Like he he does the good work, right? He I haven't looked at where his like hard hit rate or his, you know, um, the, the bad or whatever that's been the last few weeks, but I know there was a time where he was hitting the ball really hard. It was just kind of always going at someone, uh, or he, you know, the bad luck wasn't there. Um, I think what they, the Cubs kind of focus on is on, on trusting that Seiya Suzuki is a professional hitter and, and can get, you know, as he continues to kind of put that work in behind the scenes is just, that's that's kind of how he gets out of it. Potentially switching him up in the order. He hit two today. Um, potentially switching him up in the order, maybe moving him down is, is a consideration. But I don't think that like is specifically imminent. Like it, it could happen, but I don't know that I'm like saying it's going to. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you in that. There, it's been a pretty long stretch of games where he just 
he's he has some really good games and has some really good at bats and then all of a sudden he's like kind of slumping again right um so they they trust that he's a professional hitter uh it's kind of at this point it's kind of up to him to figure his way out of it I have to feel like a day off is coming for him at some point here soon maybe not tomorrow but if he struggles again tomorrow you have to think one might be on the horizon for him um yeah i was gonna ask go ahead jared young coming up today obviously he played with a couple of the guys in minor leagues that are on the major league roster now morell and horner any more juice that that brought to the locker room tonight? Are people excited to see him? Do they think, did Ross have anything, any any specifics on how he wants to use him? Because, again, we saw tonight Mancini took that final at bat, and I know Corey was talking about, well, why not give Jared a shot here to swing the bat? I mean, Mancini's been struggling at the plate. We didn't see it tonight. Do you think we'll see him in the lineup tomorrow? And any specifics that Ross has said about him, that how he wants to showcase him? Yeah, well, as far as guys being excited to see him, Nico Horner talked about him. Uh, uh, roommate, I think he said in Double uh, A, had been roommates. Um, so one of his really good friends from minor league baseball. Um, you know, Jared, he's he's been up before. Jared Young, I don't remember exactly when he came up last year, but it was towards the end of the season. Got a look, um, and then went back to Triple A to start this year, where he's been. You know, he's been raking. Honestly, he's been probably their best hitter. Um, so Jared kind of earned that spot to come up and, and show and see what he could do um as far as how he'll be used i mean very basic answer kind of from ross uh earlier in the day just kind of you know he's a place for his base can play some outfield um hit you know mashes righty so probably going to be a lot of the probably going to be in a lot of those matchups um yeah kind of kind of basic kind of what you'd expect to see from again the guy who mashes righties especially in the minor leagues. And then a guy who plays first base and corner outfield. It, it is weird. It is weird because they have now three catchers and like three at the moment, three first basemen, right? Because Bellinger's not out to center field yet. He's still playing, playing first. Um, so they have, yeah, three catchers and three first basemen right now. So it will be interesting to see how exactly he gets used. I don't think we can kind of, I think, I think we should gauge that once he kind of is getting into games versus what, Again, what Ross talked about pregame because again it was very basic and like, oh yeah, he could play first base, he could play some outfield. Um, that that's really all we got. So I, I I'm interested to see how this kind of roster construction gets deployed, so to speak, and how he how Jared Young specifically uh, mixes in at that first base spot. All right, I think we got to get to who you got Should and let's get out of here. Yeah. Hmm? When I, I mean, just it, was there any anything noteworthy on? We spent twenty minutes on Tyone, but any <laughs> any noteworthy commentary from him or Ross that the people need to know? Yeah, I think with Tyone, um, one of the big things is lefties, right? Is that he's been like abnormally bad against lefties this year. Um, going into today, lefties had a over a thousand OPS against him. Um, which is just like he's been a lot more consistent in his career. And, and but you see the inconsistencies throughout this season, right? Like he had, I think he's still only at one game of six innings pitched. Um, so it's like the inconsistency has been there for the large majority of this season. Um, but against lefties specifically, you know, he, he just kind of talked about some of the, you know, the four seamer uh, just, it hasn't been there what he wants to do is curveball, whatever. Um, just talked about that he is not doing 
he's not getting the results that he used to be getting when he was in the minor leagues or not the minor leagues. Sorry. When he was on different teams, um, before the season, obviously. Uh, so one of the things, and I think it's one thing to just say like, Oh, you know, I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to get back in the, get back in, in my, my bullpens in between starts and do that kind of stuff and whatever. I think it's one thing, but I also think something that Jameson Tyone acknowledged today, he's like, like basically like he doesn't want to accept that he's just going through it, right? Like he wants to keep, he's going to keep working obviously, but he doesn't want to just get to a point where he's being complacent and just accepting that he, you know, Oh, I, I'm in, I'm going through this stretch right now and I got to get out of it. Right. Like that's, that's one of the things that he talked about. Um, and I think he took, it took some uh, accountability today, uh, which is, it was good to see like something like Trey Mancini, you know, we saw that on Sunday with the, with the air and taking accountability for that. Um, so I think you, you look at when guys, guys might say like, Oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get back in the bullpen and do whatever. Like that's one thing, but to take accountability and be like very informative about what you're seeing and what the, why things are going wrong, talking about it and kind of, being accountable and saying like basically what Tyone said is like, I got, I got to get better. And you can't, that can't just be the norm. I can't just keep saying like, I'm going to keep working. I got to, he basically said, I got to be better. And I'm going to do that. And I mean, you know, no one wants to hear that. Everyone wants to see it. Right. Um, so he has to be better. Um, we'll see. I know, I, I know one person yeah, in particular do. that doesn't want to hear it. Corey Friedman. <laughs> sure. doesn't hear it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, he, I think he has a track record that he's been better in the past and he did it in New York. Right. So I, to see him keep going through all this stuff is it's gotta be frustrating for him, obviously. And for the Cubs. And I just don't, I, I'm like, I'm like struggling to understand it because he's had track record of the past. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. We got to do who you got. Cause Barb <laughs> has to go to bed and she is cracking me up in the chat, bro. Oh, the man. absolute wild card. That is, Chats, that is Barb. Chats off the rails. <laughs> Uh, if you, I, I mean, I, I, who Kevin won or did Ryan win? Whoever had Nico because he's the only win. one who got a hit of anyone who took. Who, yeah, who, who, took who did you take? You had Morel, right, Ryan? I did not win. You had three strikes. Whoever had a corner. We need to study on Saya's numbers when I pick because I, I. Part of the reason I asked Ryan about it and why I'm talking about it, I'm a believer in Saya Suzuki. I think when we were seeing him closer to a one twenty five, one thirty WRC plus, like I believe he can be even better than that when I look at him and the way he plays and stuff. So profile, I, yeah. I, I I'm looking at this stretch and trying to figure out what's going on because I don't believe this is reflective of who he is. Which is why I pick him, and I think I pick him in who you got more than I pick anybody else. And I maybe it's me. Maybe the answer is me. I got to stop doing that. You could be like me and just st- start taking all the guys who really are. I'm gonna take really magical every day. Yeah, there you go. See, I I turn magical <laughs> season around. Credit to me. I, I think- don't think Ryan would let me uh, take magical. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm allowed. Brendan's making his case. Dansby won. Made a great play at shortstop. The unfavorable air pollution knocked down two would be home runs. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Brendan Brendan rooting against Nico here. Nico is yeah. the winner Nico, and Kevin wow, is the winner tonight. I'm taking I'm yeah. taking home the win. I'm taking Does that home point the win. go to you or Luke? Craig says that I, I need to start. That's a good question. Huh? Oh. I'll wait your name. I don't know what you're talking about yet. I was going to say you should be a producer pick, but then you're not producer, producer pick. pick. Yeah. Even though you're hosting the show. <laughs> but he's not. Yeah, I'll take I'll take home the win for the producers in that one. 
Um, Braggs picked I had, Otani I had, and he I did Homer. Yeah, I took so, Otani. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Braggs is like, I'm you taking Otani. He now. did Homer in a Chicago related game. So <laughs> I, I, well, how, how that counts, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Ryan, we appreciate you joining from the park, man. Late night, uh, tough one to watch tonight, but we appreciate your insight too, man. Um, thanks to everybody in the chat for hanging in there. Barb, thanks for hanging in there with us. I know you got to get to sleep. Guys, thanks for letting me share the set with you. This was yep. fun. Tomorrow, um, it's me and Jared. Cool. Willis. Can't I wait believe. to watch. With Ryan from the ballpark. No pre, just post. Just post so tomorrow. Cool. Hopefully yeah, bounce got, back uh, tomorrow. Drew Smiley and Aaron Nola tomorrow. So it doesn't get any easier for that Cubs lineup that it put up one run today. 5-1 the final. Phillies take it home. Uh, game one of that series. Cubs will try to rebound tomorrow again behind the lefty Drew Smiley. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs postgame podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow. Fly the W.